0: Hey, Warriors. This is Amy. And I'm Sarah.
1: Thank you for joining us again this week. Yeah, this is going to be a fun ass episode. So, like we say before, buckle up, babes. It's (laughs) spicy. So
0: that being said, uh, obviously not for children's ears. So turn it off if you're in the car with them and listen to it later because it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as an adult, <laughs> consenting adults should be allowed to listen <laughs> to things
1: like this. So, um, yeah, it's a fun one. It is so fun. This is like, I don't know if it's quite a ghost pepper on the scale of spiciness. Yeah. But it might be like a like a habanero. <laughs> yeah, and then if you and well so it's with Bay Savage and she
0: is incredible. I I just remember getting off the interview thinking, "Man, I'm so happy to know her." Yes. Like yes. a really cool human. Yeah. Um, I think the ghost pepper might be if you go listen to her podcast. Yes. True, true, true. Cause <laughs> Which I was, you like, should do. I was, bl- I had my earbuds in cause I, I was not going to listen to that. I mean, I'm very open with my children about
1: everything, but that was for adults. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you definitely need to go listen to her. You do. She has her own podcast. It is called your place or mine and she's just, like, her confidence, her self-love. Yes. Her love for others. Yes. Like, she's just a freaking awesome human. And she just human. fucking realized who she was and owns the fuck out of it. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. It is. It's amazing. Or hot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, enjoy everyone. Um and we will see you next week. Yes. So,
1: we'll be right back after this with Bay Savage.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us at The Unqualified Therapist. We are happy that you joined us for another amazing
1: interview. I can't believe you're still here. You came back. The listeners, not you. Oh,
0: I was like, I have to be here. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you'd have to take the S off. Unqualified Therapist. And then your Gmail be messed up, your your Instagram, your face, everything. You have to keep me. Sorry.
1: I am not ever, ever
0: unkeeping you. You're in my life forever, bitch. I Never know. Forever. So today, whoa, we're t- <laughs> giggling already. <laughs> Hi, we're 12. Hi, <laughs> I have not that much. <laughs> Um, experience. Okay. So we're talking to Bay Savage and she is the host of your place or mine, a podcast coming to you from Canada. And, and I was just telling Bay before we got on that yesterday I was like doing some cleaning in the basement and organizing and getting rid of things and had her in my earbuds back to back to back and I was like the whole I know nobody can see me at home but the whole time my mouth was like (gasps) like open wide like jaw dropped not like just like people say these things like what's (laughs) happening right now
1: so buckle up yeah so
0: so yeah let's just say that this one is not for children we say that every time but this one for real see
1: (laughs) are all for real see not for children (laughs) anybody I work with get off now not suitable for work what is that NS FW. Yes. Yes. That's a good t shirt idea. That
2: is a good t shirt. Unqualified therapist not suitable for work.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah. And yes, Bay Savage needs one too. (laughs) Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. We're working on our merch. (laughs) All right, Bay. Thank you so much for being here. We are so happy to have you.
2: Well, hello there, babes. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so
0: excited. Like, I'm like giddy right now. (laughs) I mean, here's why I'm giddy is because, like, when you listen to someone on a podcast, You're, you're never going to actually get to like talk to them about what you just listened to, but I listened to you yesterday for hours. So it's like, you know, you get that like, (laughs) and now I'm like, here she is in real life. (laughs) Like she's here. She exists. Uh. So we are very happy to have you. And I am very curious how this podcast came to be specifically with this subject matter. Yeah. So tell us what it's about. Yeah. T- I guess everybody doesn't know. I- <laughs> We're
2: like, you all know. Don't you know? <laughs> if you don't already know who I am, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh So
1: you're yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go.
2: That's a t-shirt for all of us. Yes. <laughs> right when we walk in the room.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> Normally they can hear me coming at least because I'm so loud. <laughs> so that starts things <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> so Your Place or Mine started uh, back in the fall. It was something that I have been talking about doing for a very, very long time. Uh, the idea began about eight years ago when my husband and I opened up our relationship for the first time, and I began my foray yeah. into being a hoe. <laughs> that's basically where it began. <laughs> I love when you
0: said that. I was like,
2: own that shit. I love it. Yeah, so that's how it started, um, and I didn't do a podcast right away. I started blogging and just writing blogs about some of the adventures I was going on as... I really realized when I started to explore some new things and I grew up a good Christian kid. Like I started, I got married my high school sweetheart. <laughs> like my father is a pastor. <laughs> so that's obviously why I've become like a hard sinner now.
0: <laughs> I got it. I got it.
2: So yeah. I was finding that I was telling A lot of my friends who were in long-term relationships, like about some of these sexual expeditions, and they were just listening with bated breath, like they wanted to hear all the details. So that's how the blog began. And then I got to a point where I realized that I don't personally really read a lot of blogs other than for like professional development or personal development, not necessarily for pleasure. So I decided, why don't I talk about it? And that's really where the podcast idea came from. And I like to talk, as you will hear, throughout all of my episodes. (laughs) I don't stop talking. And so the podcast covers really just being a loud, bold, confident woman and living my own life the way that I want to. And there's spicy, sexy stories and there's horribly outrageous dating fails, and we just try and tick off things across the board. <laughs> oh my so gosh, great. this is amazing. That is really, really great. Do you have favorite episodes? So like, I love so many of them for different reasons. I think my, if I yeah. had to pick one favorite- to start with, to dive in. Yeah, there's an episode that I did with comedian Bretton LaLama, and- Bretton and I just have such incredible chemistry that it is fucking hilarious mm. from start to finish. And we'd never talked before. We just <laughs> riff off each other really well. Yeah. And they share some really awesome stories. Uh So that's probably my favorite. Yeah. But there's like eight other ones. If somebody asks me what episode to start with, I always decide if they want spicy or funny or like empowering. Cause those are kind of the three main categories. Oh, I like that. Okay. Cause (laughs)
0: here's what I want to know first. If I'm going to start like back, here's what I want to know. How you go from your high school sweetheart to opening your marriage to what you've experienced.
1: Yeah. I guess question number one, because I, I may have missed this, are you, are you married still? Nope.
2: No. 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> so we learned a lot, <laughs> uh, about how non-monogamy is not a band-aid to fix a dying relationship. That's uh, the first lesson.
0: Yeah. Uh, I see. Uh, okay.
2: But it did open the door to non-monogamy for me, and that's entirely who I am as a person, so I, look back on that very positively, but yeah, I'll kind of, I can walk you through how I made it from the beginning to where I am now. Yeah, that would be crazy. So, (laughs) so (laughs) so growing up, uh, I was a good Christian kid and I had a pretty shitty childhood. Like my mother's an alcoholic. I just, we were really, really poor and there was just a lot of family issues. So it was tough. And so I just had to grow up really early. So I when I first met my partner, when we first started dating, we were 17, and he was really just the first man that had expressed interest in me, and I was an overweight kid, and so it was just like, I didn't have any self-confidence, I didn't have a lot of self-worth, I had zero self-love, and all of a sudden, there was this man in front of me who I met through my church, <laughs> uh, and he was interested in me, and he was attracted to me, and I was attracted to him, and we became really good friends, and that flourished into a really lovely relationship. And the beginning of that was super wonderful. We decided to get married at 22 because that's what good Christian kids do. Uh, I definitely yeah, don't yeah. recommend most people get married when they're that young. But you know what? It works for some people and it can be super <laughs> lovely. So we got married. And then after we got married, I started getting into fitness and started moving a little bit more. And I lost a bunch of weight. And all of a sudden, confidence showed up. And for the first time in my life, Mm -hmm. I had this sense of self where I felt like I had worth and I had value and I started to really appreciate that and my confidence started to come through. And then with losing some weight and moving, my libido skyrocketed. So Ah. I went from like having a reasonable amount of sex and like the sex I had with my ex-husband was fine. It, like, he had a huge dick. <laughs> so like, that was a little bit much in the early days. <laughs> but we had a, we oh, had a yeah. fine sex life. So it was fine. And then my libido went through the roof. And so I suddenly wanted to have sex constantly. And he didn't. He had a little bit of a lower sex drive and we had just been in that forever. And so it was really tough for us to now transition yeah. into me wanting to have sex every moment of most days. (laughs) So, (laughs) so when that happened, we, we tried to work through it, but it caused a ton of problems in our marriage. So it really like that played into how I thought he felt about me and my own, it started to question this worth that I was developing and it made me feel some shame around wanting to have sex. And it was just super complicated. And I worked in the fitness industry for almost eight years. And that completely fucked up my sense of self entirely. And I'm sure yeah, just, <laughs> that was a disaster. Um, so we, we tried different things. We tried to spice things up in the bedroom. I tried to do other things that he might be into. We tried like quotas, like this is how many times you have to have sex with me this month. Like we, we tried it. We did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so it got to a point where I was going out. I had all this confidence. I felt so good. I looked hot as fuck. And I would get all these men who would give me attention and try and sleep with me. And I basically said to my husband, I was like, look, what's going to happen if you don't start having more sex with me is one of these days, one of these guys is going to offer. And I'm not going to say no. And I don't want to do that because I love you. I love our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I want to work through this with you. So we continue to try and work through it. And nothing changed. And then I cheated on my husband. And that yeah. sucks. And it was super shitty. And I told him right away and we worked through it and that was really hard. But it, and I'm, I, don't, I don't like saying that it needed to happen because I don't condone cheating. And obviously in the world of non-monogamy, right, yeah. a lot of people think those are grouped together, but it's called ethical non-monogamy for a reason. Because everyone knows what's going yeah. on. So we went through that. Right. And then we kind of tried again for a while and it was still it just wasn't happening. So this is where the conversation of opening up our relationship first started.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Because we were. Like we were still best friends. We had so much love for each other. We just didn't want to have sex all the time. We wanted to have sex occasionally. And I wanted to have sex all the yeah. time. It's occasionally, like yeah, occasionally. Tell me occasionally for you. We were having sex for that relationship. Yeah, for that relationship, it got down where it was like once a month, maybe once every six oh, weeks, which was okay. quite infrequent for me.
1: Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, when In you were
2: marriage.
0: talking about it, I thought you meant like he, like he, five he days a week down for every day, <laughs> yeah. and you were like,
2: "No, yeah, like no. I need like ten ten <laughs> times, times day. every day."
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so my I was a little. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, and like, yeah, that's okay, my preference for sure. <laughs> if my full-time job can be having sex with hot men, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Uh, yes. No, it was like once a week. <laughs> I think once or twice a week. I could have made, I could have made it work, but it wasn't that frequent, and that was really, really hard. So right. we just started unpacking the idea of an open relationship, and we spent six months hashing it all out and talking about all the things that could go wrong. We put rules in place to make sure we both feel safe and secure. We really like went through everything that could go wrong and everything that could go right. And we really took our time before we decided to try and go see other people. So we opened things up and what ended up happening in, I'll I'll skip all of the the little in between as we kind of tried things out. But in the grand scheme of things, what happened was I started sleeping with everyone else (laughs) and and he started seeing one other person who is now his girlfriend so he's still with her okay yeah so we obviously learned that in that case uh it definitely solved one problem (laughs) uh but we had really like fallen apart. And we, we would just, we were together so young and, and we had become, we just grew up in a lot of ways. And
1: yeah, it came yeah. down
2: to, I realized that I do have this capacity to connect with multiple people and have these really wonderful connections. And he's as monogamous as they come. So that really is what okay. inevitably led to it not working out. And It, we still ended things Mm -hmm. amicably, uh, we, he's no longer in my life, but it really did, like it opened up the door to non-monogamy for me, and I now realize that is how I'm wired, and it really did help me understand that, like, I wasn't the problem, like there wasn't something
1: wrong. Right, right. Now, how did you, I'm sorry, I was gonna just ask, like, how did you begin to, like, dip your toe into all the different kinds of things that you've been trying out. Yeah. Wait, but, well, let's, okay. Sorry. Okay. Mine is a little bit before that. Can I go? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. You
0: go first. So, so my question was, um, to explain or, I mean, obviously we get non-monogamy, but like, is that as a lifestyle, um, people might not completely get that and, and, and they would think that, it would be your goal for just like a very short amount of time. And then you do this. So what does that mean to you?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So it's very common that people will expect that the idea of non-monogamy or dating multiple people is a common phase because really like everyone's been kind of non-monogamous at one point. Like if you're not in a committed relationship and you happen to date more than one person or just talk to more than one person. So for me, I was trying to figure out why I felt like I had this capacity to connect with multiple people and also kind of go against this, this ownership piece that like, you are mine, you belong Mm. to me. And that means you're not allowed to talk to other Mm -hmm. people, have friendships with other people, have relationships with other people, obviously Mm. not fuck other people. So I was trying to kind of person, like, yeah, it's kind of a deal breaker, right? Just So I was starting to kind of unpack, like, why I was feeling the things that I was feeling. And then I started to do a bunch of research into, into where that came from. Because non-monogamy, there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. So monogamy is pretty much like, here's the monogamy box, and this is what it looks like. With ethical non-monogamy or polyamory, mm-hmm. there's a, a million different ways that you can do it, which is really cool. So what I created to help explain this to people was a scale. So there's this poly scale that I've created that I use in conversations like this. That's like a one to 10. So a one is just banging a bunch of people. So it's like just about sex. (laughs) It's just like, let's have a whole bunch of sex. There's no real connections or relationships. It's just having a whole bunch of sex. And when I first opened up my relationship, like that's the category I was in. And that was a super fun category,
0: (laughs) like I had a lot of fun there.
2: Um, So that's a one is just sex with a bunch of people, where a 10 would be multiple marital part. So on that scale, initially I was a one, and then after my husband and I separated and I started dating more people on, like I started to develop some more connections, then I was more of like a two or a three where I started seeing people more regularly. And it wasn't just one night stands. It was connecting with Mm -hmm. people and getting to know people more like friends with benefits. And then I met someone and I fell in love with a second person. And it was the first time that I'd been in love with two men at the same time. And that was a mind fuck. But then I Mm -hmm. was like a five or a six on the scale. And... That that general shift has really been for me moving away from just a whole bunch of meaningless sex because I got that out of the way. And it really, like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I think more people should have a bunch of really great sex. And if some of it's meaningless, that's totally fine because you do you, babe. Like... Have your orgasm. Yeah, Have yeah. a great time. Yes. But once <laughs> I had a whole bunch of meaningless sets, which was really validating and amazing and made me feel super sexy and like some of the attractive men I had sex with, like, okay. Like that's awesome.
0: <laughs> but you describe you describe some of them in your episode so people can hear I mean hot.
2: Hot hot men. (laughs) And so I realized that as much fun as that is, and as great as it is to tick off like super, super hot men, the sex was actually way better if I like liked the person (laughs) and like felt comfortable with them. Yeah. So I've really shifted away from hookups and like kind of more meaning, not that I'm never going to do it, (laughs) but it really is about more longer term whether they're casual or more emotionally connected connections, but longer term connections. And then I practice something called hierarchical polyamory. So that's one of the versions of polyamory where the goal is to have a primary partner who's like a, like a boyfriend, like an actual partner who would meet my family and my friends and my work, like my coworkers and like becomes a, a big part of my life. And then secondary partners, that would then just – I'd still have great relationships with and develop emotional connections, but they wouldn't be quite as included in every aspect of my life because like my Mennonite grandparents are never going to understand my (laughs) non-monogamy, so there are people in my life (laughs) who I keep a a little bit in the dark about some of this stuff, and I actually – this past Christmas, like I came out to my dad and my stepmom as being non-monogamous for the first time, which is pretty fucking incredible, and How it went really, grow? really great. Oh wow. wow! Yeah, yeah. And like, oh my god, that was so I bet freeing. That was a relationship changer. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So it was really, really cool. I bet that deepened your relationship. I, I hope it did. It really, it really, it really did. Well,
2: it sounds like that's something that was like
1: help the relationship grow because it's such a personal thing to share.
2: Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier, I think it was right before we started recording about how like you couldn't imagine that like there was a chance my family could hear some of these stories. I definitely, (laughs) I had to sit down like on Zoom with my dad, my stepmom. And I was like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. I need you to just not listen to it. So I'm like, I'll tell you more about it (laughs) in the future, (laughs) but I need you to just like yeah, I need yeah. you to stay away for now and I'll tell you when I'm ready uh, and I just gave them kind of a vague idea that it was about some spicier side of my life that I would unpack at some point point. and so they had they were prepped that like something was coming and it was just they were so fucking cool about it when it all came out in the open and they uh it took them <sighs> some time but amazing. it's really really cool
1: yeah it's great I think okay. your question now is perfect. <laughs> okay, so how did you start to like dip your toe into all of those? So, so you went from like a one to, where did we end up? Where are we now? Yeah,
2: so I, so we opened up our relationship, I started having sex with everyone, and then when my partner or my husband and I separated, then that became, that was the beginning of my hard hoe phase. I was single and ready to mingle. I had my own apartment in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I was like on Tinder for the first time. And oh my God, babes, like walking into Tinder, <laughs> uh, like as someone excited to connect. And I grew up in a smaller town and moved to Toronto, big city. And it's literally just like, I, t- I talked about this in a recent episode that Tinder, it's just, it's like dial a dick. It's just like, oh, I want to have sex with someone. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. like, Tinder yeah. has definitely changed yeah, I over on it time. When I was dating
0: because I was like scared.
2: Oh yeah, scared of the dick. It's a terrifying place. entirely
0: yeah, I, I stuck to Bumble as if that would be more uh PG. and It's not. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't think any of them. No, are. no, they're all absolutely. That's so terrifying. behind my time or ahead of my time. Right, right, right. I'm behind. You're yeah, because I got married in 2006. Yeah. I've been in this relationship since 2003. Yeah, so you skipped it. Those did not even exist. Yeah, yeah you skipped <laughs> I totally it completely. Yeah, I skipped it. But Amy, you know, was yeah, got I got to experience some of it.
0: I did at 40, and uh it was interesting because I had only ever had sex with my husband, and on my wedding night was the first time. So, oh yeah, whew, that world was interesting. Yep. <laughs> so, okay,
2: now do you have a primary partner? Currently, so I am single as fuck in this current moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I really picked not everybody. I picked, yeah, everyone. Are you listening? It's okay if you live in the states; we can make it work. I'm looking for boyfriends <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked. use Canadian listeners? I picked a shitty time to be single, like pre-pandemic. I had just, um, not long oh. before ended a like a long-term relationship that needed to end. So it's okay that it did, but. Going from being Mm -hmm. someone who dates multiple people and then going into a pandemic, I was socially responsible. So I cut ties (laughs) with all my, my boys. And that was, that was a challenge. It was, it was a hard year Mm. in a lot of ways. And I tried to make it work. Like I did virtual dating. I, I really did give it a solid go. And then I took, I just took a break. I, like, got off all the apps and everything, and I focused on a lot of other things, and then the podcast showed up, which was really cool, so that was a great place to move my attention, but at this current moment, I am actively dating, and I'm, like, I've got my second vaccine, like, we're all getting out there, Toronto's finally opening up more, which is so exciting, so I'm, like, deep in searching for men mode, (laughs) (laughs) and that's its whole own, like interesting issues especially post-pandemic like the amount of people I have like I match with versus have a conversation with versus make plans with versus actually meet up with it's just getting ghosted left and right people changing their mind. Wow. like it's a disaster out here right now it really is super fun Ooh, come <laughs> off. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I really liked what you were asked before is like, so how, at what point in this journey did you dip your toe into the other side of
2: vanilla sex? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't just like, I didn't just like open like one drawer. I opened them all. (laughs) So part of it was just when I went into my hard hoe phase, I was in a place where I was just saying yes to fucking everything. So someone yeah. had something new that or something that they were into. I was like, "Yep, let's try that. That sounds cool." I yeah. started watching like I really started watching porn for pretty much the first time. And mm-hmm. with that, yeah. it was just like all of a sudden I would be watching something and it's like, "Oh, I'm I'm turned on by that." That's surprising. I did yeah. not expect <laughs> to have that reaction. Yeah. And that kind of stuff would happen. And really, as I started to connect with more people and sleep with more people and they would share their kinks with me and what things they were into, it was just about finding things that sounded like it would be fun to test out and then testing it out. And there were definitely things I tried that I was like, nope, <laughs> Definitely not for me. <laughs> not doing that again. <laughs> but it was really just about being like open-minded and exploratory. I think that was like a big part of it.
1: Were you ever afraid, like not, I don't want to say afraid. That's not the right word. Um, were you ever like, ooh, I don't know, get like super anxious
2: about what somebody said and you wanted to try it, but you were still like,
1: ooh, I don't know Totally. this.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I think whenever stuff like that came up, it was always like, okay, let's do a hard check-in. To try and unpack why uh, this is giving me a reaction. It's like, is it giving me this reaction because yeah. it feels unsafe? Because I, like, number one goal in oh, being a single yeah. person dating on Tinder, don't get murdered. Like, that's the most important thing you're focused on. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my so, gosh, okay. <laughs> so if my gut was like, mm, I feel kind of weird about this. It was like, is that because this is a kink I'm not mm-hmm. interested in or because the situation feels like it might be unsafe? And that's really like where that check in came from. And if it was something that I was like kind of curious about, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know, then I would just like add it to the list of things to try in the future with a partner that I felt really safe and comfortable with that I could then unpack at that.
1: Yeah. So smart. So smart. I don't know that I would stop to like think about why am I why am I resisting this?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just turn around and run.
1: Be like, ah, I'm, I'm here. There were definitely oh, something I, mean, things, I, I mean, to too
2: much murder. Like there were some things that came up and yeah. it was like, oh, like, nope. I'm just gonna leave this conversation. Like, I feel like this is not a match. <laughs> Oh, good! It wasn't in person. Yeah, yeah, no. This was like pre-conversation. So you you talk about it first, then. Yeah. So one of the cool things about like non-monogamy or people who are non-monogamous is it's fairly normal to talk about interests and even like like sexual health. Like we talk about getting tested, like before yeah. I meet someone, right. and about our safe sex practices and. It's interesting to talk about kink before you meet someone because kink is obviously, if you've listened to any episodes of my podcast, a very big part of my life and kink Mm -hmm. and polyamory are very intertwined. However, I am very much connection first, kink second. And that I think causes this interesting dynamic where you want to chat a bit about things before you meet just so you understand there are some compatibilities, but you don't want to get so deep into it that you're just hyper sexualizing the conversation and you're skipping the connection. Ooh, there's so much to think about. I know. Yeah. And I'm honestly still <laughs> really figuring out how to do that. And even coming out of the pandemic, yeah. it's like one of the cool things is I have like 80 kinks. So like, even if we don't talk about what kinks you're into... I'm probably going to be cool. Like, one of them is probably going to be compatible, like, of the list. And honestly, at the end of the day, really, really passionate, amazing vanilla sex is fucking awesome. It's so good.
1: Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I
2: definitely don't need to be, yeah. like, hit in the face to come. It helps. Right. right. But- <laughs>
0: I learned that about you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I know
2: so much about you. I know, I know. There are times where I'm, like, having these conversations, and it's like, oh, I don't know if people want to know this shit, but I'm sharing it. <laughs>
1: no we do we want to know we definitely do it's funny because we we think the same thing or sometimes we'll just get so into the conversation we kind of forget that we're like on air yeah and then afterwards we're like ooh, ooh. too much <laughs> and then it ends up being fine and then we just put it out anyways. yeah so the a
0: question i have which i i don't know the answer actually of what you're going to say but so something that we talk a lot about um since we started talking about sex on the show is this thing that i feel like often happens with women and we don't talk about it where you get to this certain point and you just really are like nah I really don't want to like finish this Mm -hmm. uh because something feels off or you just are like you've maybe you don't have this problem but like I can like easily get out of the mood like it could be something that like makes me just be like nope don't want to be here yeah but I'll finish the situation that's what I call it Situation, mm-hmm, the situation. The Catholic girl calls it the you situation. Was... <laughs> Reco- so I recovering. recovering, recovering, I and um, <laughs> uh, you just go for it. And then, like, how how just awful that is that you know it's and all how icky. It feels how I I feel icky like. it feels after. And yeah, so I mean, have you ever experienced anything like that?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. So it definitely doesn't happen oh. often, mostly because I love to have sex and experience pleasure. And mm-hmm. even if it's like not 100% a match, like, or even if I'm sleeping with someone and he doesn't really know what he's doing or like I'm not having a super enjoyable time, I will just take the wheel myself and yeah. <laughs> make sure that I am still going to have a really wonderful time. Yeah. And that's, I think that's yes. a piece of it. But I'm also like hyper communicative in bed, even if it's just a hookup uh, where it's like, this yeah. is what I like. This is what I don't yeah. like. And... What I found is in my early days, I didn't know how to communicate that. And so I had a lot of unfulfilling sex. How did you learn?
0: (sighs) Ah, so you decided. How, How did you open your throat chakra to be able to say those words?
2: I think it really came down to, like I got to a point where I realized, so first of all, I am blessed. When it comes to the fact that like I'm so in touch with my body, I've done so much research on like how my body experiences pleasure and why it experiences pleasure that I can get off like no problem. So it's super like normal for me to come multiple times, even if I'm sleeping with someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, like I can make it happen. And I understand that that does make me outside of the norm. And there's so many women who can't make it there. Like anywhere close to as oh easily. God, teach me your Oh ways. my God. Like <laughs> I'm going to run a course about it. I have to. Because it is like. You have It's to. mental. And it's it's entirely mental mm-hmm. and emotional. So much more mental than physical. So much. Way more. Yeah. And there are little tweaks and things that you can do when it comes to like firing certain muscles or like moving your pelvis in different ways that can help. But it's mostly yeah. mental. And it got to a point where I really just had like a bit of a string of bad sex. And it was like, what, what the fuck am I doing? Like why? And cause the guy's going to get off no matter what. And it got to a point where I was like, no, no matter what, like this is about me, not about you. (laughs) So if, if I'm like, when I, and part of this was realizing like I could have sex with most, a lot of people. (laughs) Like it's pretty, I could be like you, I'm going to have sex with you. And like a lot of the time I can make that happen. And so what I realized it's like I can choose who I want to have sex with. It's not there's no scarcity. Like there's there's loads of options out here. So yeah. Right, why, right. So why exactly. am I like giving this man the opportunity to have an orgasm when he's not ensuring that I'm also having a really wonderful time. So that's where the yeah. communication piece came in was that shift. Yeah, whereas I mean, like life is way too short to have bad sex. Like I'm mm-hmm. not here for this. And I think I need to stand the fuck yeah. up and talk about it. And if I'm loud in other parts of my life, like I'll be loud in bed. And I'm also like really loud in bed. And that <laughs> helps because it gets to a point where <laughs> if I stop making noise, you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so there can be some of that See, natural I used feedback.
1: to be until we had kids yeah having kids made the, the made it have to be quiet She just gave us the it's so sad for you i Faith. know
2: it is sad for uh, us though
1: let me tell you i not just kidding i have ah, known since i was really. 10 that i don't want to
2: have kids so it's always been like this is fine for me yeah Uh i am obviously like people have kids and they have lovely experiences and that's really really wonderful But yeah, it's definitely not on my list of goals. I like dogs. (laughs) We should get a couple of those. I guess there was so another piece to that question was so if I'm in situations now where I'm not having a good time, I will just say this isn't doing it for me. And that so that Mm. happened on this past Thursday night. So a week ago, I had a date and I had someone over. We were having a really nice conversation. And I was like, I wasn't as attracted to him as I thought I was going to be. His like, he didn't look super close to his photos, but I was like, okay, whatever. We like had some wine. We had some really good conversations and he like wanted to make out. And I was like, I like making out like, sure, let's make out for a bit and see what it's like. And, (laughs) and oh my God, babes, it was bad. It's real, real bad. Yuck. Um, Like, yeah, it was bad. Bad kisser. Yeah. It's just way too much tongue, super aggressive. When, that, when that's bad, it's just. No. Yeah. yeah. So I just no, shut it down and I was like, it, we like made it a little bit and I was like, okay. I'm like, I think I'm good. <laughs> 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 and we just finished our wine we had a little bit more of a conversation and now. then he left like probably 15 minutes later and that's fine and on to the <laughs> next. <laughs> oh
0: man. But I do think it's a problem
2: that women don't feel like they can speak up when they're in a situation that doesn't feel good. And that's scary. And part of in my my list of things that I want to empower more women to do, it's being more communicative, especially in new partnerships about what they Mm -hmm. like and what they don't like. And being able to understand that if at any point someone wants to stop, that's totally okay. And they don't have to give reasons. They can just stop mm-hmm. and that's completely allowed. And mm-hmm. that's a big shift that has to happen specifically for women.
0: Yeah. And I think that for us, we are always worried they're going to be mad. Totally. Whether it be our current partners or a dating person, or at least that's how I felt. I was like, I just don't want them to be mad
1: at me or disappointed or these sorts of things. You're going to want to hit me when I tell you why. Oh, no. Mine was because I felt the need to make them feel good
2: oh honey i'm so sorry like the Uh, society has broken us
1: they have yes they have And that's, I mean, that was a lot of the reason why we started to talk about this particular thing was because I had experienced it so much prior to getting married. And even in, and I've said this before, so it's like, I'm not, not
0: like, news to, yeah, I'm not husband. like, oops,
1: you know, slapping my husband in the face with this yeah. or anything, but even with my husband, I've been with him for 18 years and I am just now starting to reprogram those parts of my brain where I had those feelings of I have to make him feel good. And also reprogramming that um Logical, biological, like a, ingrained uh that we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah this. It's like you're that, programming that's what our jobs are. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I yep. could not bring words. Yeah. To my <laughs> and that's but yeah. That's and, why and you're there.
2: It's so common, and it's because historically, like sex is always about men, and it, it's yeah. Yeah orgasm is the only one that we talk about like that's what this is all about as soon as they come it's over that's like this is how we've been programmed forever right so it's it's completely natural that you feel that way and unwriting or rewriting how we feel about sex and relationships is really fucking hard and Mm -hmm. even like going into being non-monogamous like that's a journey to unwrite, like, yeah. and especially growing up a good Christian kid, like the deep shame that's so baked into my yes. being, like I yeah. still fight with that now it's for sex
1: in general. Period. Yep.
0: Just sex itself. Yeah. As vanilla as they come, there's shame that goes with that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh. Like I could never tell my mom that I have sex with my husband of 18 years <laughs> because yeah. I'm like ashamed, not ashamed, but like I am Embarrassed I'm embarrassed. Yeah. It's embarrassed. like, what the hell? Like obviously she knows I do. I have two kids. Like, but, um, I always told my mom that she was the, uh, the Virgin Nancy and we were the immaculate conception yeah. because that my parents just didn't have sex.
2: Oh God. And that's <laughs> the thing. Like, like there are so many people's parents just don't have sex. And I think Mm -hmm. it does just become this super common. It's like, like you said, like you have children. They didn't just show up like something happened. And I always find it so funny when people talk about their family members, like pressuring them to have kids. And it's like, you literally go to Thanksgiving and your mom's like, fuck more, more fucking.
0: Get get your fuck on, Sarah.
1: (laughs) No, but they want you to do it like in a handmade, yeah. Where they that's put exactly a sheet it over yeah, top yes. of you with a hole for yes. the dick, and yes, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> just just for the procreation yes. situation. Oh, I like. Oh my I listened to
2: your episode, the under his eye episode, recently, and that was fucking terrifying. So that's just like a little bit triggered. <laughs> have you not watched? It? I have, but you listening to your the episode open. about. The bills passing, I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is so yes. scary.
1: It is terrifying. Do you Has anything like that happened in Canada at it's all? It's not nearly
2: as bad. It really is like, it's not, oh it's just everything is a little bit calmer, but things are still moving in the wrong direction and it's scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crap, where am I going to go? I was going to say, Canada is <laughs> supposed to be the safe place. I know. You can still come. I'll oh, keep man. you safe <laughs> and teach you yeah. how to have more <laughs> I orgasms.
2: Okay. <know>, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: we're on our way they like why are you going to toronto way all a little tight later <laughs> i'll tell you later to learn how to have more orgasms Yeah. we all oh need oh my them. goodness it's important to escape all the shit that's happening here oh yeah. wow okay so tell us about i want to hear about a specific and um oh yeah circumstance but i also want to hear from you your, what was the, the, one of the times that you've had, um, where, just tell me about this one. I just,
0: she's going to just, she's she's trying not to feed it to you,
1: but she really (laughs) wants you to tell us about Saran Wrap. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So there's an episode that you have, um, that talks about a date that you had and you came into the apartment and there were some things going on that were a little sketchy. So, um,
2: I already told you what it was about. So why can, can you tell, do you mind sharing, sharing that, story. that story? Yeah, I definitely don't mind at all. Uh, it is probably one of my favorites okay, okay. because it was so outrageous. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because the date itself was so lovely. So this was like, it was very spontaneous, Aww. like spur of the moment. I had matched with this guy on Tinder. He was super cute and we had talked about making plans and he was gonna be out at a bar not far from me for a friend's birthday that night, this like Latin club. And he was like, you should just come and hang out. We've got bottles, there's gonna be dancing. And I was like, "Uh, obviously free alcohol, dancing with a hot man, like I'm (laughs) down. So (laughs) the date was so good and he was super gorgeous. And we clicked right away, we had amazing chemistry. The bar was so fun and we we just like got a little bit lit. We like it was like one of those nights where we were like dancing and like making out in the corner and it just like I felt like a kid yeah, like gosh, ugh. it was I so good. was so good. So yeah. when the night was coming to a close, like obviously I was going to go home with him. I, we were like Like, I feel like the entire club was, like, they're going to have sex. Like, they could feel the energy emanating off of us. (laughs) So, when we went, we went back to his place and we had, like, we went to get pizza with some of his friends. We didn't actually get back to his place until, like, 4 o'clock in the morning or something. And the first weird. I would be, like, and I need to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, I was (laughs) fueled by sexual energy at this point. So, I was still wide awake. So. Yes we get to his place we took a cab to his place and first of all he was out in like the middle of nowhere he was so far it took us like time to get there yeah and that's an important part for the story later okay so just know Mm -hmm. that it took me like at least i feel like it was like 35 or 40 minutes to get to his place like he lived far out so dang We pull up, and as we're walking up to his place, he was like, hey, just a heads up. We need to be kind of quiet because I live with my parents. (gasps) So that was the first issue. Wow. Okay. But you know what? Wow. Now he tells you after the hour car (laughs) ride. Yeah, exactly. But It's like from stepbrothers. Oh, totally. My roommate. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, it's fine. It's the middle of the night. They're asleep. I can be quiet. Everything's good. And he was like, don't worry, I have my setup in the basement, so we'll have our own space. Cool. Totally cool. So, walk into his place, takes me down into the basement, and this is where I notice that everything in the basement seems to be covered with a layer of plastic. So. (laughs) Oh, my God. That that sets off some bells, right? Like, that's a little bit bizarre. So. Initially, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my mind first went to Dexter. So, you guys watched Dexter?
0: Of yes. course, me too. As soon yes. as you said that, that's what I thought. And I yes. was like,
2: oh, that's yes. it. It did. <laughs> Don't get murdered. Don't get murdered. Rule number it's one. the rule number one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> however, it wasn't like things were like with Dexter, he just covers everything in plastic. This, everything was individually wrapped. So there had been time put into individually covering all of these things in plastic. What? That's almost worse. Yes. Yes. It's very strange. (laughs) It's very, very strange. So as soon as I walk in, I was like, uh, what the fuck? So he explained it right away and he's like, hey, I'm just like a little bit of a germaphobe. So like, this is just something that I do. Okay. Okay. Mm. so mm. I in my head I'm like oh okay uh, <laughs> like it took a long time to get here it's the middle of the night I kind of want to get laid I'm not really getting any other alarm bells so like let's see what's up and I was like okay I'm not oh, ready okay. to go home yet yeah, yeah. and okay, to be fair I would
1: have <laughs> n- Not out of like, course like,
2: and I should I like, like, have um, yes yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I should have And there have been times where I've stayed in a situation for the story. And I think that's why I have a podcast now. And, like, I know that's
0: fucked. I I 100% (laughs) get that. I get that so hard. (laughs) I just come so far. And I was just like, yeah. If I I survive this, it might be my (laughs)
2: best told story. Oh, my gosh. So he offers me a drink. And I was like, yeah definitely yeah, So, gonna need one of those yeah so he got me a beer and he was like I'm just gonna go take my contacts out I'll be right back okay so he goes upstairs Ooh. and so I'm sitting in the basement and he puts on some music and I'm drinking a beer now he's gone for like 30 minutes <gasps> yeah okay so no. second weird thing I was like okay uh, oh my God! Okay,
0: I bet he took a shower.
2: So oh, I finished my he beer. Was his knives, right? Who knows? And of course, I, <laughs> at the time, I'm going through all of those options in my head, and I considered <laughs> dipping a couple of times, but it was like I was like, oh, a cab from here is going to be so expensive." Like, let's just oh, see what's up. Yeah. So he comes back downstairs, and he's like, "Sorry, uh, I just like." wanted to I need I have like a ritual I kinda of go through when it comes to taking my contacts to show to make sure that I did it right or whatever. And I was like okay. Uh, okay. Cool. So he got me another drink. And oh, this at this funny. point I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's just let's just let's just move to the next chapter of this evening. Because at this point I'm like, okay, I need to have sex. Like that's why I'm here. Let's like let's just let's just make this happen. <laughs> so I'm expecting yeah. <laughs> that we're going to, like, another room in the basement. And he's like, so my room's actually upstairs. <gasps> that wasn't a part of the deal when we were talking. He said that he was in the basement. No. Like, but his room was upstairs yeah. on the, uh, and just, like, two doors from his parents' room sleeping. no! Uh, uh, um, so, yeah, that was another, like, oh, is this a good idea? Uh, like, I, lit- I just told you, ladies, how loud I am yeah. in bed. Like, this is going to be a struggle. uh yeah yeah so I'm like I can do this like put on my game face let's go so we get into his room and like now again everything's covered in plastic except his bed his bed was just very clean (sighs) and (laughs) the reactions that you guys are having to this story are killing me I know (laughs) I
0: mean I just can't even I can't contain it I'm like because I'm just
2: imagining it and the murder, but we okay. didn't just, get murdered. Luckily, I'm, I'm still okay. here. So spoiler <laughs> alert, I didn't get murdered. Um yes, no, so, I, I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> so his room was even you're more intense. In front of me. I can see you. <laughs> so there was like Whoa. all of his clothes were like in Ziploc bags, like folded, and so he was telling me a little bit about it, and he's like, he's like, I'm sorry if this is weird. And I was like, Yeah, it's really weird. I'm gonna be right up front. This is a little bit strange. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just like, kind of OCD. It's something that's just like a part of my life. I hope it's not a deal kind breaker. Of. Yeah. He's like playing it off. Yeah. Like this isn't that big of a deal. And I'm trying not to be shitty yeah. and be like, this is something that you live with. Like I'm sure that's challenging. So in my head, I'm like, okay, right. it's kind of winning me over a little. I'm like, okay, this is obviously something you deal with. Yeah. Like, I don't I need would to be say to him, about it. Yeah.
1: For future dates, you might want to tell people you're bringing home yeah. that you, that you deal with and suffer from OCD yeah. so that yeah. they're not like, yeah, why is everything covered in plastic? You're freaking me out, man. Correct. Cause I feel like the reaction would be so much better if you so knew. Much better. Yes.
2: Yeah. And I still would have gone like if he told me in advance, yeah. I still would have gone. So, <sighs> so we're in his room and so he turns on this white noise machine Which I'm fine with because that's obviously going to help with the buffer for the parents. But it's so loud. It's like... It's literally, like, yelling white noise at me, and I don't understand wha- what is happening it's and no why this is a white. thing. <laughs> no, every color of noise is that attacking like me. That's neon pink noise. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm still, like, <laughs> to get it's fine. New. I guess so, right? Like, this is supposed to be sexy. I don't know. Mmm, static. Oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> baby. We're still, like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. This She's is come fine. come so far. I have.
0: So it's totally fine. She needs the story and she needs to come. So
2: it's fine. Yeah. So we get in bed. We start making out. Obviously, the makeouts are super hot because we did a bunch of that earlier. So I'm really getting into it. I'm really getting revved up. I'm like really feeling it. I've deleted all of the other weird things. Like it's good. We're in it. (laughs) We're taking off layers. Like things are going great. And then. I can oh no, so he's more he's still so he's he's in his boxer still I'm completely naked and I can feel him getting harder and babes he had a weird dick oh, <laughs> oh man no. so I, oh I've no seen some weird dicks cow. in my day like I've I've seen a few this was the thinnest longest dick I've ever seen okay yeah you're reactive to that. Like, literally, a pencil <laughs> is the closest thing I could think of. So, like, uh, I know the listeners can't, Whoa. but it was, like, literally, like, that thin and probably, like, this like long. Like dog. Very similar to a hot dog, but quite firm. That is... So, it was, like... Uh. pointy like like a, like it could like goutry yeah, ball out like basically pointy. and when so oh when I like god. I started to notice cause he was getting hard and I was like I don't know what's happening in his pants but like okay let's see and then like I literally thought he was fingering me and it was his <gasps> dick I'm dead serious I'm dead oh serious oh my god it was so <laughs> awkward it was so awkward. <laughs> and trying to hide your reaction <laughs> to a penis such as this yes. when you're you've been drinking. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't don't think I did yeah. a good job. I don't think I did a good job of hiding it. Oh my god.
1: It was so weird. you've done better than me because I have actually said I uh is it in?
2: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, "Yeah?" Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oops, I think I just ruined that mood.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, so Not my husband, it by was the way. super weird. Husband. That's good clarification. That's important. Uh, and so I still had sex with yeah. him. Uh, he finished. Uh, it didn't take him very long. And then I just got myself <laughs> off, like laying next to him yeah. while we made out because I was yeah. so Weirded out by what had just happened, but obviously I'm gonna get off. I didn't come here for nothing. Like, let's go. So (laughs) I still got off and then we fell asleep. And he tried to have sex with me again in the morning. And I was like, no, that's definitely not. And so he offered to drive me home, which was really sweet, but he had to sneak me out of his house because his parents are sitting on the kitchen table eating motherfucking pancake oh my god i'm dead serious i can't write this shit oh my gosh yeah What? so then he snuck me out of his home and he drove me home and he's like we should hang out again sometime and i was like no hard nope yeah see now i noped i waited to all of it and then i finally noped. yes yep oh my wow. gosh yeah it was a uh, wow. quite a night quite a night i want to
1: thank you for taking that sacrifice so that you could tell this story <laughs>
2: right now it was worth it it really was i'll tell you
1: that's <laughs> that is a story
0: yeah. yeah and i'm not minimizing um ocd Yeah. No, but i no, think no, no. that what sarah said is what's important like tell, tell people, people yep you know like Tell them so that they can and if they don't like empathize or if that's not cool with them, then bye bye. Then you, you don't, don't want yeah. yeah. You don't have, you then you can avoid the awkward situation. Totally. Oh my gosh. Just like surprises oh okay. are never
2: a good idea. And this like yeah. this Taran wrap wasn't the weirdest part of the night. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh wow! God.
2: That was a fun wow. little trip wow. down memory lane. <laughs> now how long ago was that this was probably four years ago so it's, it's been a little bit of time okay. I have had a lot more positive luck uh with sexy times over the last <laughs> few years I will be honest a lot of the podcast content is from a little longer ago and part of that is also like I, it's all anonymous. Like I, I use different names for everyone I talk about, obviously, like mm-hmm. I'll often change other details as well in the story, like their occupation or things about their appearance to ensure yeah. that no one would know who I'm talking about. Cause I'm not a monster. I don't want, I don't want to be like publicly outing people for being bad in bed. Like that's not the goal here. Yeah. And part of it is like figuring out how to date right now while running a podcast about sex and dating has its own challenges and I have oh, told yes. people that like, I'm not talking about current partners on the podcast. Like I'm going to have, uh, I need to have yeah. like a gap, like a window where, and it, obviously I'm still like, if it's yeah. someone who I still am connected with, I'll like ask their permission to share a story. But a lot of the stories are sure. from a little while mm-hmm. ago just to like give some space. And then I also will obviously like reflect more on what happened in different ways.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the stories are just unbelievable. Like, I I don't know, not even just the sex part, but I'm like, like, they live like above a hotel or whatever it was, that oh, yeah. swanky one. And then like, I don't know, there was just a lot of like, really cool stories that you told.
2: To that point, like, I have been in like a part of some really fucking incredible dates. And one of the cool things about dating multiple people and just having a bunch of sex is I have found myself in really, really fucking cool situations like super swanky hotels yes. with really rich men. And like, like a lot of my like threesomes are group play, just these really fucking cool experiences that a lot of people don't get to have. And I like, Count myself blessed for that for
0: sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, um, and I don't know if I heard it wrong, but like a bar or something that you go to. Is it, is it like, um, oh, you can, I don't know. The sex club? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's a sex club. Oasis? That's that why you were confused. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because you were saying like all of the different people that you were like looking for after this uh, pandemic and stuff you're like i was like is, is this something in canada that happened I know amy's like i want to go to the bars in canada yeah. <laughs> i was like what, what do we do here
2: in the bars in canada calm down <laughs> yes that's a sex club called oasis aqua lounge and it's fucking incredible okay. it's a magical place i it's my favorite place to go it was terrifying the first time i went but it's People just fuck and hang out and everyone's naked and it's really, really wonderful time.
1: Okay. Is that like super empowering? Oh my
2: God. Yes.
1: To walk around naked. Yeah.
2: And for me, like as someone who's had a wildly uncomfortable relationship with my body and it's been such a roller coaster over time and I've lost weight and I've gained weight and I've lost weight and I've gained weight and in December... I had this really cool opportunity, and I was photographed completely naked for Now Magazine here in Toronto as a part of their "Love Your Body" wow. photo shoot that they do every year. That's wow! Amazing. Yeah, and that was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Uh, and the photos are yeah. so cool. I, I'll send you guys the link after so you can see the other article and everything. because yeah, They do it every I'm year. Trying to find it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also getting like the one picture of me printed and blown up so I can put it on my wall in the front foyer when people walk into as my apartment. You should. Yeah, yeah, yes. But I've really I gotten to a point where like oh, wow. I love being naked. I'm like I'm naked all the time, like as often as I can be. Like when I'm at home, we've got a really awesome like clothing optional beach here in Toronto that I go to, and I do find it extremely empowering to spend time naked. I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah. Huh. I, I mean I would like to hear more about your transformation to find this such, such a strong empowerment in yourself because I think it's something that we all struggle with yeah especially women we have this horrible sense of self and and horrible appreciation for our bodies and what they can do um we are like fucking superheroes and Wonder Woman women and I look at other women and I think that and then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like mm mm-mm, yeah nope. Yeah. So talk, can you tell us about that? Because I would love to well, know because, how you got there. Yeah. And
0: especially <laughs> since you spent eight years in the horrendous, awful, terrible fitness industry. Yep.
1: Yeah. How did you recover?
0: How did you even get into that? So a big part I guess of it. that's like multiple questions. Yeah.
2: yeah no, <laughs> no, that's totally fair. It's really like when I first got into the fitness industry, it was because I'd worked with a personal trainer and I'd lost weight. And I was like, yeah, the fitness industry is the answer. Personal training is the answer. This is what everyone should do because you're going to lose weight and you're going to get confident and it's going to change your life. And that that did happen. I lost weight and I got confident and it changed my life and that was really fucking cool. And then it wasn't at all sustainable. And I really started to realize that all of my worth and value were Mm -hmm. only tied to what I looked like on the outside. And I was... I just wasn't no, no, no. happy with who I ha- was becoming and this person that was coming out of this new change. And I think it, it was this false sense of confidence for a really long time. And I mistook validation for confidence for a really fucking long time. And it was really easy to convince myself that oh, I was this God. Isn't that confident person. Yeah, entirely. And it's just like, we talk about reprogramming and some of these issues. Like, it was huge.
1: Yes. So
2: it wasn't until I gained back a bunch of weight and I started to focus on like who I wanted to be as a human. And I started to focus on the value that I brought to partnerships, to friendships, to my work, to myself. And a lot of it was the pandemic was like, it forced me to be alone. It forced me to figure out yeah, yeah. who I was and what I wanted. And it really made me unpack like what was really important to me and what did I want to stand up for? Because I talked a couple times about how loud I am. Like I can be loud about different stuff. And it got to a point where I stopped being loud with other people. And I really focused on like what made me tick and what filled my own cup and what made me feel really good. And I worked through a lot of that with mm. a therapist and obviously huge contender for that and yeah. unpacked why I was feeling the way I was feeling and also unpacked some trends I had with partners that were really toxic and negative that I hadn't noticed. And a lot of this was tied to some of this negativity yeah. from my past in the fitness industry and this, this hunger for validation. And it really just came down to being really honest with myself and like kind of breaking a little bit. Until I I took a step Mm -hmm. back and really needed to look at how I was coming out of this. And the podcast was a really big piece of it too because I realized that I wanted to stop hiding the fact that I like to have sex. I like wanted to stop hiding the fact that I'm this like big curvy bitch who likes to fuck and I like to dress however I want to dress and I love my curves and like... This curvy yes. body can pull hot, hot men like that. It, those two things, like they go together. <laughs> yes. Like they totally do. And right, yes, like allowing myself right. to understand that it's like if I'm only going to get attracted, like, to, if I'm only going to attract certain people, if I'm a tiny person, that's not the situation I want to be in because my body doesn't want to be tiny. Like it right. doesn't. Like. My body is happy right, the way yeah. it is now, and it can do fucking amazing things and give me really great fucking orgasms just as it is. <laughs> and like, that's awesome. Yes. And then another big piece of it yeah. was like actively spending more time within self-pleasure. And I like masturbate all the time. And it really like, when I realized- I heard
0: that from multiple guests.
2: Yeah. Like when I realized how hard I can get myself off, it's like, whoa, who is this hot bitch? Like sex with me is so good. And that really played (laughs) into it as well. Uh, And I think that was a big piece. And, and then it just came down to like the photo shoot was, it was like, I got to a point where I felt like I was finally showing up exactly as who I am. And Bay Savage is, is my yeah, alter yeah. ego name that I run on the podcast. My real name is Jesse, but I realized that I'd been working towards becoming Bay Savage for so fucking long. And then all of a sudden I had made mm-hmm. it. And Jesse and Bay Savage are the exact same you know, fucking oh person now. And I think that's so cool. And I just want to keep being as yeah. loud as I can about that because I'm so fucking in love with myself. And I'm so hot and I want
0: everyone to know. You're gonna make <laughs> me cry. Like <laughs> seriously. Oh man, that is goals. But it's a journey. Yeah. Obviously. Wow, and that like, is beautiful.
2: I like everyone, like I still have bad sure. days and
0: no, we do we say that too. We talk about it being like you could you can go so far and then you hit a spot and you're like, Shit, I'm all the way back here. But then yeah. it's really just a setback. Totally. But I was gonna ask you if there was anyone in your life who um Once you became who you really are, they had not had to, but they exited your life or they were, that was just was uncomfortable as fuck for them and they just couldn't handle you or they didn't like it. I don't know. There's so many reasons that people do that when you become
1: yourself. Yeah.
2: Yep. So I think over time, like my circle just keeps getting smaller and every year it gets smaller and smaller. And there was a time that that freaked me out. Um, and there was a time that I put a lot of weight on the fact that it was getting smaller because I was too much for people. And yes. there was a turning point where I realized that if I'm too much for someone, then like they don't need to stay. Like I'm not making anyone stay and right. I'm no longer yeah. making myself any smaller in any capacity for other people. And that's meant... I'm yes. meeting amazing people like you who are empowered and are passionate and are figuring out ways to be good in their own skin. And what I'm finding is it's just solidifying all these really fucking yes. incredible relationships. And then people who fall by the wayside fall by the wayside. Yeah. And that's fine. Yes. And yeah. I wish them the best. It's just they're not the amen. right fit. Men. Yes. It's good shit. Well, I have chills. Thank you,
1: Reverend Bay. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you, you got a little bit of that pastor in you. Yeah. Can okay. I get an Amen. <laughs> oh i already did
0: i was like amen hey, um i also got chills on my arms I, have I i i just feel like that is an essence of who sarah and i that's that's our that's the journey that's our goal yeah. and that's that's like how this became what it is too and we peel back with every episode another layer of ourselves mm-hmm. and because we get to learn from fucking amazing people exactly. like you and people like you help us to say okay we're on the right fucking path yeah. that's because this is the path that you're like the kind of person I want to be on that road with right right and so I asked the question because Sarah and I have had obviously <laughs> I had a reason for asking it yeah um, the more we become true Amy and true Sarah we lose people yeah. and you know it's it's really sometimes it's not hard at all to let it just go and then sometimes I'm like well that's too bad I yeah. mean, you know, that, and I get a little sad about it, Um, but,
1: you know, it's just, I'm not going back. Yeah. No, because we also talked about, I don't know if you, like, it's almost like uh lifting the veil. Like, the veil's been lifted. We see everything totally different now. We can't unsee it. Yeah. And I don't want to unsee it. Yeah. Because I don't want to go back to living in this denial world of, of, um, not stupidity, cause that's not the right word. No, um, um inauthentic-
0: inauthenticity, authenticity, yeah. as to not make anyone else uncomfortable. Right. Like and that's then. what, and that's why I would make myself so, so. Yeah. So like Sarah and I have the same, we've been up and down, up and down with our weight. Um, you know, I, I, I've said on here before, I'm in the best shape of my life, but I'm also 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. And so when I see myself in pictures, I get, but I don't anymore, but I used to freak out and say, you are taking up way too much fucking space. That's why people don't like you, you know, or because my mouth is so big. I can't be quiet when I see injustice or when something's happening. And I just remember always trying to shrink because I was like, I'm pissing everybody off and, oh. or, or I'm like yeah. too big for, um, I don't even know, like. It just, I felt, and, and it was in my personality and in my body, I felt too big for so many different spaces. And really that was just me, like metaphorically almost mm-hmm. get the fuck out because you don't belong there anymore. Yeah. Right, right. So, but your, your journey just really resonates with us and
1: God, we are so happy we connected with you. Oh my gosh. I am goals to be able to say I fucking love myself I'm fucking hot yes, yes. like and I can say that sometimes it's I, just that yeah, journey but yeah. it is more often that I can't than I can yeah. so I'm almost I'm getting there like I can right. say it but I can't stay there for very long totally. so it's when, just trying to find that you know being able to stay yes. and it steady. Yeah. steady and what I love is when you say it Bay. you're the feeling I get
0: yeah I like that so much because I'm just like, I just like get so, I'm just like, yes, you yeah. fucking go. And I believe it. You know, some people will say, well, I love myself now. And like, I'm like, I don't really believe that. Yeah. But like, I believe you when mm-hmm. you say that. And that's really the spot that I think that we all, well, the people that I know want to get to. Yeah. yeah. We just all want to like arrive and say, you know, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just amazing to my boyfriend, my boyfriend. Um, was so excited because he well, feels like he want to bet or something. Cause I said, women don't ever talk about sex or like kink or, you know, do these sorts of things. And he's like, what are you talking about? Because now there's three people on that podcast that talked about it. And I was like, I swear to goodness, they are the minority. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning. You're not you- though. <laughs> no, I'm learning that you're not. And I'm learning from, um, him and from you to like, use my voice. Yeah. And not be ashamed. Yeah. So
2: I love that, so and I really think this. You. How re- did you how- recently? How- this thing keeps coming up on Instagram. I keep seeing it scroll through, and it's this quote that says, "If you think I'm too much, go find less." And that's like, I'm so here for that right now. Oh, that's good.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, we got to put that on I a t-shirt. I think t- I'm going to say that
0: to people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I was going to say, can we put that on a t-shirt? Yeah, We can, we can we'll even put, we can even put yeah.
2: uh, I feel like I don't know who but originally said it, but we'll, I'll look into it. I'll try to we'll see if Google it's a real and quote. We'll it make sure we didn't take yeah. it from anyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've got our
1: end of the episode question. So, Bay, tell us, what does being a warrior mean to you?
2: So, to me, being a warrior means standing up and being loud as fuck about what I really believe. And I'm just going to keep fighting for it. And if people don't want to hear it, they can fuck right yeah. off. That's fine because I am loud when I show up. Like people feel the energy that I bring into a room and I want to use that for good to empower more women to want to do that too.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. What this week has, have you felt has made you wild and
0: weird? And you can do wild separately and weird separately or together. Okay. Something wild and weir- weird that happens.
2: Okay, so the wild was on Saturday night. I ended up inviting an attractive man from Tinder to my apartment at 2.30 in the morning. And I haven't done that in a minute. I like all of the early part of the episode where I talk about how I don't really do a lot of hookups, but I still invited this hot young man into my apartment at 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday night. So that was wild. That was wild. Yeah, it didn't get as wild. wild as I would have liked it to um, because it was like the first day of my period and I'd given him a heads up about that. So it stayed pretty tame, but it was still oh. wild and wonderful. Yeah. And hopefully I will see him again very soon. Uh Weird. Nice. So I've recently started doing, uh, I'm doing like a six week comedy class. That's like, beg- like, beginner's guide to stand-up comedy, which is really exciting. Um, oh, that's so rad. Yeah. That's so cool. And I, like, i did amateur stand-up a couple of times, like, a decade ago, but then I, like, never kind of got into it, and I have ideas for what I want to do with the pod, and, like, events and stuff, like, you guys have your event coming up, which is super exciting. Um, so, yeah. weird thing, uh, I, I do consider myself to be a funny person. I, like, writing jokes I like saying funny things but this I was so like overthinking yeah. this like homework I had to do for this class that I swear I've spent 10 hours over the past week trying to think of funny shit <gasps> just literally sitting down <laughs> smoking weed and writing down <laughs> things I find are funny that's weird <laughs> it's been a lot of my time yeah. <laughs>
1: I love it.
0: Oh, that was good. Yeah. That's yes. So great. That's great.
2: Oh, thank you so much for sharing those with us. Yeah, and course. thank you for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful and we'll flip and have you on your place or mine sometime soon as well. That would be great. that would be so fun. Um
1: we this will not be the last time y'all hear from Bay Savage. I'm uh, as long as she says yes, I promise you that. So, until next week, stay wild and weird warriors. Thanks so
0: much for joining us.
1: Peace. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. Follow us on Instagram where you'll find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Until next week, Warriors, hold on. We're going to make it.